To begin the post-Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci era, the Boston Bruins will be deploying Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka as their top two centers. On today's episode, I'm looking around the Eastern Conference and assessing where the Bruins rank in terms of center depth. Not as bad as we think, but still not great and something that Don Sweeney may need to address here moving forward. Let's get into it on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. The podcast is free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I encourage you to become an everydayer here in 2023-24. Just open up your favorite podcast app, Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts, go to YouTube, search up Locked On Boston Bruins, hit that subscribe button, and each new episode will be automatically added to your feeds for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Now, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more with new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. I hope everybody has had a great week. It is Friday, and we are looking at center depth around the Eastern Conference and assessing where the new-look Bruins down the middle rank among them. Now, I said the other day during my chat with Armando Velez of Locked on Panthers that if you look at the Bruins' goaltending, defense, their top wingers, they're among the elite at the NHL level. But if you looked just at the Bruins down the middle, you'd struggle to see the makings of a contender, maybe even a playoff team. And to kind of back that up, I thought I would look at each team in the Eastern Conference and assess what they have down the middle and come to a conclusion as to where the Bruins actually rank. Is the situation that dire or... Maybe the Bruins will be okay down the middle. And they have enough there to at least be a playoff team. Let's start in the Atlantic Division. And we'll just go through here in alphabetical order. The Buffalo Sabres, they have an enviable group of centers. We're looking just at the top three lines here on today's episode not really factoring in the checking line center, more of the top nine situation here. And the Sabres, as nice of a group as you'll see on any team around the NHL with breakout superstar Tage Thompson on the top line, Dylan Cousins, who broke out last season on the second line, and then you have Peyton Krebs, an up-and-comer who is 
penciled in as their third line setter. Now I should add, I'm looking at Cat Friendly's depth charts here to get a sense of who slots where. Thompson last season, 47 goals, 47 assists. Uh, Cousins, 31 goals, 37 assists. So 94 points, 68 points, respectively. Krebs, still a bit young. Uh, He's only, uh, what, he was a first-round pick in 2019. Has yet to have his breakout season, but that could very well come uh, here in 2023-24 with the Buffalo Sabres. So if I'm looking at Ranking the Eastern Conference, Buffalo automatically jumps out as a team to watch. The Detroit Red Wings, they have a star center in Dylan Larkin atop their depth chart. Followed by a couple guys who are, you know, more similar, I guess, to Coyle and Zaka in JT Confer and Andrew Kopp. Uh, defensive responsibility from Comfer, Cop, Larkin, a good two-way player in his own right, but brings more in terms of uh, offense. You know, that's that's not bad right there. I, I would take that as well, although you might want a bit stronger of a presence on the second line. Florida, much like Buffalo, a very enviable group of centers. Alexander Barkov, who joked that face-offs will be easier to win now that Patrice Bergeron has retired. Selkie, written all over him, and also has high offensive upside. Sam Bennett has really come into his own as a Florida Panther. And Anton Lundell, another one of those guys who is on the verge of breaking out. He could be put up to the wing as he has been in the past, but still those three guys right now penciled in as their top three centers. And that is a nice, nice looking group there for the, uh, for the Florida Panthers. Next, we have the Montreal Canadiens, Nick Suzuki, captain, huge contract. He's a guy that I have really been a fan of over the years since he played for a stint here in Guelph as a member of the Guelph Storm. Uh, he helped them win a championship back in 2019. 26 goals, 40 assists for 66 total points last season. Durable player, and he's just getting better and better. He's only 24 years old, and uh, they have a nice building block there. After him, you have Kirby Doc. On the verge of breaking out, I think. Alex Newhook, who was acquired from the Colorado Avalanche, penciled in as their third-line center. Uh, Maybe a bit to be desired there defensively, but there's a lot of offensive upside there for sure, and it's a nice young group they have in Montreal. Let's jump down to the Ottawa Senators. They, too, have a nice young group. Tim Stutzla arguably the best player from his draft class so far. Um, They have Josh Norris penciled in as center number two. He missed most of last season with a shoulder injury, so he has a little bit to prove. And Shane Pinto, 
currently unsigned restrictive free agent. I actually saw a report the other day that teams may be uh, looking into his availability, including the Boston Bruins, 20 goals, 15 assists in 82 games last season. Uh, A nice 2019 draft pick there, second round pick, 22 years old. Um, He's got a pretty nice two-way game as well. So yeah, Ottawa, very well set down the middle here for some time if they can get Pinto under contract. Let's jump down to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Braden points coming off a 50-goal season. Uh, Still well in his prime, playing with Nikita Kucherov. Anybody would love to have a guy like Braden Point down the middle as your top-line center. Uh, Anthony Sorelli stepping in as second-line center. Kind of the Krejci role. Not as much offensive upside as Point. But again, very responsibly defensively and could be a guy who is who enters the Selkie conversation here coming up this season. They have Nick Paul as their third line center. Again, a younger guy with some offensive pop. Again, you can't really argue with their center depth. It's it's pretty strong. Let's finish uh, the Atlantic Division portion here by looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews just signed that contract extension that will make him the league's highest paid player beginning next season. Just as good of a center as you could ask for. Pucks on his stick could go in the net at any moment. Uh, He's also pretty strong defensively, and he was, I believe, the league leader at his position in blocked shots gets a bit dicey after them John Tavares still a pretty good player but well past his prime not worth the 11 million dollars that he's being paid and then David Kampf on your third line probably more suited for a fourth line role and uh, that might be something that the Maple Leafs look to improve upon Uh, with Ryan O'Reilly choosing not to resign and moving on to the Nashville Predators. So looking around the Atlantic division, a lot of teams have some pretty good depth down the middle. Uh, You could argue the Bruins with Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zaka, and Morgan Geeky and or Trent Frederick swapping in maybe better than uh, what... The Red Wings have altogether, perhaps better than what the Canadians have altogether, but and, and maybe Ottawa too. De- Norris needs to be a bit healthier. Pinto still young and relatively unproven. Matthews Tavares still very strong, um, but Buffalo certainly and. Uh, Florida, the cream of the crop when it comes to center depth in the Atlantic division. And coming up here after the break, we'll we'll shift our attention over to the Metro and see what kind of center depth these teams have over there. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel and football season has kicked off. FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. All you have to do is pick 
a team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory that you can use on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Again, if you picked, for example, the Detroit Lions to win the Super Bowl, you get a bonus bet because they won last night. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. We are three episodes a week for one more week. And then beginning September 18th, we will be back to daily shows. So please do subscribe so that you do not miss a brand new episode this coming season. All right, let's look at center depth in the Metropolitan Division as we continue to assess where the Bruins actually rank here with Coyle, Zaka, and presumably Morgan Geeky down the middle. Step down from Bergeron, Krejci for sure, but not necessarily among the lowest groups inside the Eastern Conference. Carolina, you have a star player in Sebastian Ajo. You have on the third line, Jordan Stahl, who is a veteran, many years in the NHL, a very strong defensive center, but getting up there and maybe losing a step or two. Second line is where it kind of um, can go either way. Right now, they have Jesperi Kotkin-Yemi. Of course, they poached him from the Montreal Canadiens on an offer sheet a couple of years ago. He hasn't really become the guy that people thought he would after being selected so high in the draft and after the Hurricanes made a large commitment to him. Uh, If he can become that kind of guy, then they'd be better set. But right now, you have Ajo. You can rely on night in and night out. Kotkaniemi, you're not sure what you're going to get. Jordan Stahl getting up there in age although still a very strong defensive center. Columbus Blue Jackets, they were able to draft a budding superstar in Adam Fantilli, but above them, it's more comparable to what the Bruins have. Boone Jenner would be their Charlie Coyle type guy. Jack Roslovich up there perhaps with Pavel Zaka, but I would put them below the Bruins, certainly, with those three guys down the middle, Jenner, Roslovich, Fantilli, with a lot of upside, but coming in as a rookie this season, um, can't expect him to hang necessarily with the top centers in in the league. Now, New Jersey, like Buffalo, enviable center depth. Of course, they do have Eric Howla on the third line. He was traded to the Devils in exchange for Paolo Zaka. Again, I'd still thank them for that. I would make that trade every day of the week. However, above him, they have Nico Heischer, who another Selkie candidate who can put up points, average, I believe, almost or at a point per game last season. And then you have Jack Hughes, who was near triple digits last season 
just getting better and better. I had him in my salary cap keeper league. Made the decision to trade him this summer for Jason Robertson and Shane Wright. Still question that decision. Uh, Jack Hughes is as good as any center that doesn't play in Edmonton around the NHL, in my opinion. New York Islanders, they're a bit weird. Right now, Cap Friendly has Bo Horvat penciled in as their first-line center with Brock Nelson and J.G. Pajot as their third-line center. Of course, Matt Barzal is also a center and looks like Horvat and Barzal could be interchangeable at that position um, and will play together in an attempt to play off each other offensively. Nelson, Pajot, similar, I think, to Coyle and Zaka. Whoever does play center between Horvat and Barzal might put them over the Bruins. Um, of course, there's always that debate about not taking Matt Barzell. I mean, it's not really a debate. The Bruins should have taken Barzell, Kyle Connor, with those picks in 2015. Um, still, I'm still on board with Jake DeBrusque, not arguing that pick. Uh, but whoever takes the first line center role there will will uh, affect the ranking. Still both pretty good, and I'd put them both over Coyle and Zach out as number one choices if they were on the Bruins. The New York Rangers, you have Mika Zibanejad, an excellent player at his position. Vincent Trocek, the Prius, as their second line center with Philip Heedle on the third line with the kids. Played typically with Alex Lafreniere and Capo Keiko in uh, kind of depth scoring roles. I mean, Zibanejad would be a great get. He would be the first line center automatically on the Bruins, so they probably have better depth than than the Bruins at this point. Kicking it down here to the P's, Philadelphia, Sean Couturier, who's coming off a major injury. We'll see how effective he is. Of course, a former Selkie Trophy winner. Morgan Frost, who they just re-signed, is an up-and-coming potential number one center. And uh, Noah Cates as well. Those three guys, I would take Boston's group over them, uh, certainly at this point. Now, Pittsburgh and Washington, they're similar to the Bruins situation, but maybe a couple years behind, meaning they have centers who will soon be on the outs. And these teams like Boston now will have to try to fill holes left by legendary franchise players in Pittsburgh. Of course you have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. And then on the third line, you have Jeff Carter, Malkin, Crosby, not quite what they used to be, but still, I would take them on my team any day of the week. Jeff Carter, even more so on the decline. Uh, but in that third-line role, could still be pretty effective. In Washington, you have 
Evgeny Kuznetsov, who I believe may or may not have made a trade request this summer. You have Nick Backstrom, who's coming off major hip surgery, and then Dylan Strom. Those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while would know that I was big on Boston trying to pry him away from the Chicago Blackhawks before he was acquired and signed with the Capitals. Uh, Kuznetsov on the decline. Backstrom may or may not even be able to play this year. They do have some good prospects coming up in Connor McMichael, uh, Hendricks Lapierre. Uh, But right now, as it stands, you know, Backstrom is a huge question mark. So the Bruins probably have a bit better center depth at the moment, all things being equal. All right, that was a quick look at each team's center depth. And coming up here after the break, we will assess where the Bruins rank among the Eastern Conference centers. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. And to wrap up today's episode, we are giving an honest assessment of where the Bruins rank here in the Eastern Conference in terms of center depth. Atop the list, it's hard to look at anybody other than uh, Buffalo, Florida, and I'm going to say New Jersey as the top three teams in the Eastern Conference in terms of center depth. Um, Following them, it gets a bit murkier because there are some veterans, some Guys who are on the verge of breaking out, perhaps. Um, Let's see here. Third and fourth, you might want to give it to the the Rangers, I think, with Zibanejad, Trocek, and uh, Philip Hedl. The Islanders, Barzal, Nelson, Pajot with Horvat, able to go in there. Probably pretty strong. The Senators with Stutzla, Norris, Pinto. And then the two other Atlantic teams in um, Toronto and Tampa Bay have to be up there as well. Teams that I would definitively put behind the Bruins, I think, would be the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Philadelphia Flyers, that might be it. <laughs> I mean, maybe the Capitals because Backstrom appears to be done. Uh, Kuznetsov may or may not want to be there. So I'll put them behind the Bruins as well. But that's pretty much it. I mean, even if you look at, say, the team team's top line centers, and would you rather have them than what the Bruins will be deploying on the top line, either in Coyle or Zaka. You would take Ajo in Carolina, no question. You would take Dylan Larkin from Detroit, Nick Suzuki from Montreal, maybe even Kirby Doc. Uh, You would take Barzal or Horvat. You would take Stutzla, Philadelphia, none of those guys. Uh, You would take Braden Point, Anthony Sorelli for sure. Definitely take Austin Matthews. Maybe even John Tavares at this point. Uh, so the Bruins, when you actually look at the Eastern Conference and look at the position in terms of center depth, 
they're not in the top eight, certainly, and maybe outside the top ten. Buffalo for sure, Florida, New Jersey, easily. I'd put them over. I would say Pittsburgh, Toronto, Tampa Bay. That's six teams right there. Uh, Ottawa. Uh, who else? Carolina. The only teams I would definitively put behind the Bruins in terms of overall center depth would be the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Philadelphia Flyers. Neither of those teams really have true number one centers. You could argue Couturier, but he's banged up. Frost on the rise. Every other team you would take their top line centers over what the Bruins have. Even Kuznetsov, I could argue that you would take them. So that would leave the Bruins at around 13th in terms of center depth down the, uh, in the Eastern Conference. Now, that's not to say that the Bruins are the 13th ranked team in the Eastern Conference and they're going to miss the playoffs. The thing is, is it enough to keep the team competitive? And you look at the goaltending, the defense, certainly. But you also look at the wingers that these guys will be playing with. And I think you're going to see a more up-tempo Bruins offense. I think you're going to see uh, Brad Marchand, Jake DeBrusque, David Pasternak, obviously, elevate these two guys. And, I mean, look, Pavel Zaka last season finished between Bergeron and Krejci in scoring. Uh, of course, he played a lot on the wing, but he certainly learned a lot from Krejci. He developed some chemistry with Pasternak, and I, I can see his point totals rise. It's not going to be elite-level production like you see from Charlie, or sorry, Austin Matthews or Tage Thompson, even Dylan Cousins. Uh, not what you'd see from Dylan Larkin, Nick Suzuki. Zibanejad, Stutzla, you know, all these top-line guys. The Bruins, if you look at top-line centers, certainly they are way down there. If you look at all of it together, again, they're better than Philadelphia, Columbus. That might be it uh, in terms of center depth. You can maybe make an argument they're better than Detroit with Comfort and Cop. I think... Morgan Geeky is going to be huge uh, kind of X factor for the Boston Bruins. He signed from Seattle with the promise of more playing time. And if he can take some steps forward here in terms of production, if he can develop some chemistry with Trent Frederick, then that will be a huge bonus for the Boston Bruins. He had nine goals, 19 points. Sorry, 19 assists in 69 games last season. If he can challenge for 20 goals, 25 assists, 45 points in that third-line role, then that would give the Bruins a huge advantage. So, altogether, Coyle, Zaka, you know, it's going to work. They're going to make it work here to begin the season. Is it a... 
you know, written in permanent marker situation for the entire season? No. Is it a long-term solution? No. The Bruins will be active on the trade market. They're going to be active in free agency next summer, uh, trying to find that top-line center. Because let's be honest, it's the the situation would be a lot better if you had a legitimate top-line center and then Zaka and Coyle playing on the second and third lines. Coyle and Marshawn gelled last year. Will it continue over 82 games? I don't know. Will Zaka and Pasternak be a formidable duo? Well, Pasternak will do his darndest to elevate Zaka's game. Uh, and again, Morgan Geeky and Trent Frederick is where things will get interesting and, and where things might hinge for the Boston Bruins. Let me know what you think. Where do you think the Bruins center depth ranks? Drop a comment on YouTube. Hit me up on social media at ENC McLaren, and we can continue the conversation here uh, moving forward. Thank you so much for tuning in, for checking out the podcast, especially to those who subscribe and are regular listeners. Become an everydayer in 2023-24 by hitting that subscribe button, and we will talk to you again here uh, on the next episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.